Welcome to the Plug-in India Electric Vehicle Podcast, our weekly show on the happenings in the Indian electric vehicle scene. My name is Abhishek. I'm at the host at Plug-in India and have been associated with Plug-in India since 2016. And with me today is not Kamlesh Malik, but Atul Gopal, who will be hosting this podcast in Kamlesh's accent. Kamlesh is taking a well-deserved break right now, and that's why he's not here today. But I'm very happy to have Atul with me instead. This is episode 11 of the Plug-in India Weekly Podcast, an oil company sets up battery plant. So, Atul, what's happening at Plug-in India? Thanks, Abhishek. Uh, has been a very interesting week. Uh, I started off uh, last week by being in Chennai, where I had an opportunity to chat up with Professor Ashok Chunchunwala at IIT Madras Research Park. I followed that up with a visit to Penalies, the electric bike makers in Chennai. Farah came down to Bangalore, where we had an interesting time we had a test ride on uh, one of india's first electric tractors we also had a very interesting chat with the bosch india team we did a couple of customer stories real life ev stories and then we ended up chatting up with our old friend zarel lobo over there very exciting week this episode of the plug in india podcast is brought to you by our awesome patreon and youtube members For as little as just one dollar a month, you can contribute to the work of Plug in India and help keep the channel independent. Once you are a member, you get access to our Discord server where you can interact with the Plug in India team members on a daily basis. Go to www.patreon.com/pluginindia or click on the join button on our YouTube channel. Moving on to our first news item, Piaggio launches electric three-wheeler. The Ape Electric FX range of electric vehicles was launched in the cargo and passenger segment. This is the most powerful electric cargo loader in the segment with a 9.5 kilowatt power output. It comes with a proven full metal body architecture and is fitted with six feet of cargo deck length. It also has customizable applications for delivery vans, garbage collection, etc. The Ape E-City FX, the passenger vehicle, is the most profitable three-wheeler. It has superior features and a comfortable ride. Here are some of the features. It has blue vision headlamps, automatic transmission, hill hold assist, regenerative braking, dual tone seats, and so on. The FX fixed battery range offers convenient home and office charging feature. Mr. Saju Nair, the EVP and head of commercial vehicle business, Piaggio India Private Limited, said, and I quote. The FX range will cater to the needs of our customers, protect the environment, and truly revolutionize the industry with the concept of "Ape goes electric, India goes electric." End quote. Adul, what do you think about this? Unlike our friends Bajaj Auto, which still have to kind of introduce their battery electric scooter into the market, although I do get some reports that there is a lot of testing work going on with the Bajaj uh, three wheelers right now. Piaggio has taken a kind of a front runner position. So I remember the first version of Ape was in partnership with Sun Mobility. The Battery swapping experts. For those of you who don't know about Sun Mobility, it is started by Chetan Meni, who was uh, the founder of India's first electric car company, the Reva. Now the two vehicles, the FX range that have come in, I have come with fixed batteries. So. I am a bit worried. Is the swapping model in trouble? Which is why they are launching the FX one. Maybe the customer acceptance is taking time. So anyway, now that these batteries are non-swappable, you remember the swapping batteries? There are about 1.4 kWh batteries multiplied by three. You know. So mm-hmm. this one is what a 7.5. The passenger one has a 7.5. The goods one has 8 kWh. Now. A difference of 0.5 kWh sounds fishy to me. So why would you kind of make batteries in such a close range? My feeling is 
that they possibly got the same battery but they've kept less reserves in the goods one compared to the passenger one but that's just my kind of feeling motors right. are different though 9.5 kw for cargo which is which is quite good but a 5.4 kw for the passenger one which is expected to carry less load so you can expect the cargo to have a much lower range compared to the passenger one the company website does not make any mention of the range but if i were to come up with a guesstimate then i looked at the math and they are roughly doing about 66 watt hours per kilometer so with a 7.5 kwh battery the passenger vehicle should be giving 100 plus kilometers but i don't know what the range is going to be for the goods vehicle might be range anxiety issues because uh, the motor powerful uh, the boot is also more powerful one more issue which i feel that the company can face is the top speed 45 kmph sounds a little bit too slow to me especially for the passenger vehicle so maybe that's something that they need to look at but with the range already in trouble with a higher speed the range may go down further maybe that's the reason why they kept the limited the top speed to 35 as with every other electric vehicles underpowered vehicles first work best in terrains where there are not too many up, ups and downs so north india per se should kind of Uh, be a good idea not of course in the mountains but in the plains of north india i think these vehicles should be running well considering the state of the roads in uh, uh, the rural parts of india probably 45 kmph per hour is for the best <laughs> to avoid any accident but uh, let's see how these vehicles perform going forward let's move on to the to our second news item indian oil corporation to set up ev battery plants in india so iocl is going to finalize plans for a gigawatt EV battery production plant for producing aluminium air batteries it plans to launch these batteries for EVs in Andhra Pradesh and Telangana these batteries are a more cost effective alternative to lithium ion batteries and are first of their kind the plant is estimated to cost 600 crores to set up IOCL has a minority stake in the Israel based startup Finergy which specializes in aluminium air and zinc air battery systems it will soon finalize plans for a gigawatt scale EV battery manufacturing plant jointly with an Israeli company the battery will be made with aluminium which is abundantly available in India and will have the capability to provide 400 kilometers of range indian oil is in talks with most of the oems about its battery plant SSV Ram, Ramakumar the director for R&D of Indian Oil said that the company is gearing up for the energy transition from oil to electric services and it, this won't affect only petrol and diesel it will also affect methanol ethanol cng and lng the reason iocl is evaluating aluminium batteries is because of their lightweight structure and you do not have to necessarily electrically charge the battery unlike in the case of lithium ion variant also these batteries are one fourth the weight of lithium ion batteries and provide double the range on a single charge approval rate in india of any variant of lithium ion batteries is between 150 and 200 km per charge but aluminium air batteries can provide more than 400 km per charge there is no mechanical electric charging or replacement required for the aluminium batteries you just need to replace the aluminium metallic plate which gets converted to aluminium trihydroxide and aluminium can be reclaimed from it the trihydroxide offers other industrial applications and can be directly traded or sold in the market atul what do you think about this you know uh, abhishek i've been kind of reading up a little bit about these kind of batteries and i think uh, there seems to be some amount of skepticism as to how early they will be coming into the market there are some people who are already doing some research for kinet 
but any battery technology before it comes into any kind of automotive application will take roughly about 5 6 years at the minimum so i don't know whether in the near future they going to get too much of traction on this or not my my worry is can an indian oil kind of company really move from its dna of petrol and diesel to something like batteries and fuel cells you know uh, actually i don't know about indian oil but a lot of other companies are have betted on hydrogen bp shell etc etc i have a feeling that the truck market is going to be primarily driven by hydrogen more in terms of fuel cells you know at fuel cells for those of we are listeners who don't know too much about it it basically is uh, an electricity generating device so it's not that hydrogen gets burnt inside right but there is a chemical reaction that takes place water gets produced but there is no there's no ignition in some sense in a fuel cell maybe oil companies may be better off working on hydrogens and fuel cells rather than aluminum air batteries but i think that's a call that the company will take indian oil has also uh, tried some work with swapping stations i think they had a tie up with piaggio and uh, chetan mani's sun mobility again i don't know what is happening on that because swapping is kind of you know we need we need some kind of standardization for swapping to really kind of start taking in uh, more traction and i think what oil companies can and and should do is they should use their lobbying power so they have fairly well connected with governments all over the world and they should try to use their lobbying power to get the standardization in batteries because once that happens uh, they can be in business because you know storage of batteries is much easier than storage of vehicles so if you want to run a charging station you have a lot of space you know and all the petrol pumps that are present today on highways are very very premium priced so if you want to store vehicles better to do it somewhere inside but if you want to kind of you know just have a swap which happens very fast i think the highway position kind of would be quite helpful and that's really one of the biggest assets apart from the refineries that oil companies have uh, that's the kind of research that they need to do that's the kind of work that they need to do along with governments you know later on they can also work out safety related issues in charging swapping storage etc but i think yes indian oil is doing good work they have at least started thinking about the future all the best to them i hope that this initiative works out uh, i've seen in the past uh, oil companies tend to be rather insincere when it comes to the promotion of uh, evs or just any electric vehicle technology rocl seems to be be making a genuine committed effort so what remains to be seen is whether they can keep making this effort over a sustain over a long sustained period so best of luck to them our third news item MG Motors and Tata Power set up the first 50 kilowatt EV fast charger in Chennai. MG Motors and Tata Power have deployed the 50 kilowatt super fast public EV charging station on February 24. The company plans to install more 50 kilowatt and 60 kilowatt charging station across the country. This will be the 22nd fast charging station. The installation is in line with the car makers plans to offer a 5 way charging option to consumer the other four options are ac fast charging an extended charging network a plug and charge cable and charge on the go with roadside assist mg stated that there is infrastructure to charge electric vehicles like the mg zs ev up to 80% in 15 minutes this charging station is available for all vehicles that are compatible with the CCS fast charging standard Tata Power has already deployed an extensive EV charging infrastructure across the country around 400 chargers across 45 different cities under the EZ charge brand they also have a tie up with Jaguar and Land Rover along with MG for setting up more charging stations 
Tata Power is currently focusing on high traffic highway location for deploying these charging stations and it plans to build new fast chargers at a rapid pace. Gaurav Gupta, the chief commercial officer of MG Motors India said and I quote, at MG we are building a case that is connected autonomous shared and electric ecosystem aimed at meeting future requirements of the country. Furthering our commitment to creating a 5A charging infrastructure for our customers the new stations will further augment the public and private charging infrastructure. Mr. Rajesh Nayak, we will continue to provide a seamless charging experience to our customers. We wish to build a decent ecosystem for our potential EV customers in the future, thereby promoting the adoption of such green mobility solutions. Tata Power has really taken a lot of initiative in trying to get the charging network in place. So they are working with uh, different companies. They are obviously working with Tata Motors. Now they have started working with MG as well. Uh, good sign. The dealer lots are probably the most logical place for charging stations to be set up because you know you have to practice what you preach. If you're selling electric cars, you'd better have fast charging in your own outlets to start with. And and for the EV community, the more the merrier. So the more dealerships that have these kind of charges, the better it is for all of us. Uh, of course, we had uh, some kind of comments coming in from people that we actually need fast charges between cities rather than in cities. Uh, this is, of course, uh, for people who are actually traveling between cities. So that's one area which I think the Tata people should take some initiative and kind of start getting those also in place. But the problem, of course, is viability with these kind of things because you don't have so many users. So it's a kind of a chicken and egg situation. So should you have the chargers first or the vehicles first and both keep on waiting for each other. Fleet owners obviously will benefit a lot more from these chargers and of course they will probably have their own chargers as well. But I would say that there's nothing wrong with being able to use outside chargers. You get more flexibility as a fleet manager in your route planning. Uh, you could also end up doing some kind of an automation. You know, the idea that I get is that probably Tata Power can get into a joint venture with TCS and come up with some kind of fleet solutions where they can actually tell you which is the best place to go for charging. You know, later on, everybody charger may not be available because once your charger is plugged in, unlike a fuel station where you are in and out in five minutes, this one's going to take an hour, right? So you might have problems later on about you know, which stations are empty, which are the empty, closest located empty. So some kind of a software integration into all this charging might kind of be helpful in future. So maybe Tata Electric type PCS together can come up and start working on solutions like this. But overall, good work Tata's, keep it up. And best of luck to MG Motors and Tata Power. And we hope to see a lot more of these charging stations all over India in the near future. With this, we come to the end of this week's show. And now let's get some questions and comments from Farah. Para, what do you have for us? Hi, Abhishek. We have a question from Mr. Rahul. He commented on our YouTube channel. He wants to buy an EV, but is worried about the advancements that could happen in the battery technology in the short term. His question is, does Tata or MG or any other manufacturer offer to update the batteries of their EVs? if there happens to be a significant update. Right, Farah, I think I'll take this one. The chemistry obviously is difficult to update. You can't kind of don't definitely uh, update the chemistry. But yes, what you do update is the software. Uh, I was speaking to uh, one of the Tata Nexon owners in Bangalore, Arun, I think. He mentioned that there was an over-the-air update that was sent across uh, for his Nexon and it saw an increase of almost 10% in range. So Rahul, I guess uh, these kind of software updates will definitely help you because uh, the battery is much more than just kind of cells. So there's a lot of technology that goes into building a battery management system. 
in trying to understand what algorithms should be used, what charge rates, what discharge rates. So companies get better with it over time as they end up getting more data. So obviously you will end up benefiting on that. And uh, I think as far as chemistry is concerned, you can rest assured that in the next five, six years, you're going to be having probably the same chemistry that's kind of going on. So you don't need to worry about kind of being uh, left high and dry because a new solid state battery has come in uh, and your vehicle is kind of having a very short range compared to the others. But having said that, I guess there should be a kind of compatibility, right? Because finally the battery is a power source. So maybe later on, uh, you could end up replacing a better battery in the same space as you have in your current Nexon or MG or whatever. So we've seen this happening with E2O. Uh, there are people who have kind of uh, worn out their old battery packs, which are now quite degraded. And they have got replacements, which have got much more capacity than what the original one was. So we've got eight, nine, about 10 kWh batteries in the original E2Os. And today you can get up to 15 kWh batteries, which fit in the same space. So there are there are people who are doing this uh, uh, replacement. Hemang Dhabade in Pune is one of them. So uh, I guess you should just go ahead and buy that electric vehicle instead of getting into this analysis paralysis mode. Okay, guys, with that, we come to the end of this week's episode of the Plug in India Electric Vehicle Podcast. We'll see you next week. Take care. Goodbye. Okay. Thank you, Abhishek. was nice switching from my usual Hindi to English today. I hope uh, viewers <laughs> kind of do not have problems with my accent. <laughs> Take care, guys. Thanks for listening to the Plug in India Electric Vehicle Podcast. You can find transcripts for each episode on our website. Plug in India is an EV advocacy group and a social enterprise dedicated to promoting electric vehicles and sustainable transport in India. You can write to us at support at pluginindia.com or you can find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. We are self-owned and not a part of any large media organization. If you want to support our work, why not become a Patreon supporter or a YouTube channel member? It helps in paying our staff and bandwidth. You can also support the show for free. Write a review or recommend us to your friends and family. Every little bit helps. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. Thanks for listening. Bye.